am Chelsea. I'm Paul. And I'm Abby, and welcome to Three to Beam Up. Today we're talking about the uh, TAS episode, The Magics of Magos 2, with a C and a K. So last episode, Chelsea, you said this was the, that one was a kind of a mashup of episodes. This is a mashup <laughs> of every trope ever, right? Yes. It's like a powerful alien uh, kidnaps the crew to amuse their child in a hole in the time and space at the center of the galaxy, <laughs> and it's and they're the square of Gothos and ancient aliens. And, and there's a trial. And they're cute. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a cute trial. trial. Trial of humanity. There's, and, and is it Satan? Is it not Satan? And the real, <laughs> the real test was whether or not they'd be nice to the devil. And <laughs> it's like. And my last note in this is what a hot mess. Okay, it so. It is a lot. This. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I actually enjoyed it a wow, lot. Wow, okay. But what a hot mess. Oh, wow, do you hate it? Well, oh, I just. This is what I think of when I think of TAS. Um, the first yeah, two episodes right. we've watched, I've been like, oh, yeah, you know, these are above average TOS episodes. The last one probably closer to average than the first one. Um, but, you know, pretty watchable Trek. There's some They're issues, but, reasonable. you know, yeah. completely reasonable. This one feels like the writing staff went on, like, <laughs> went on a weekend to a cabin in the woods and did every drug they could find, wrote a script, lost that script, tried to remember it from memory, and then, like, they just they just shot it. Um, and no, I think it, then that happened, like, three more times. Yeah, this is so wacky. I mean, it's Star Trek V, let's toss that out there, which hadn't been filmed yeah. yet. Um, yeah. They ripped off Star Trek V from this. In a sense, they ripped off Star Trek VII, Generations. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, this episode is as clean as I've said the first two episodes are, right? They have a thing they're doing, they're focused, do it, getting it out. Yeah. This one tries to do 90 things and never wraps anything. It is so wacky. <laughs> the whole time, I'm just like, oh, we're doing this. Oh, no, we're not. We're doing this other thing. No, we're going to do this other yes, thing. Yes, it is like a two-year-old in, like, a toy store that you're just so overwhelmed with everything that you could be doing, and you choose to do all of it. Yeah. Which I like. <laughs> I really like it. I mean, I don't, I'm not arguing that it's good. But like I was sitting and I was just like, I enjoy a lot of those things. You know, just me. I don't know. I I really can't decide. <laughs> I yeah. I, I love a good hot mess. Like I love it. It's so interesting. I think right? that that this is. So I've already said right. This this animation reminds me so so much of of C Lab, right? And I think this is. As long as you kept them separate, like, this is the parody of it, right? This is the, <laughs> the like, C-Lab that you put together 20 years later and, like, make fun of it by just just watching it and, and putting in different dialogue. Like, this feels like parody. Um, and I yeah, think... Yeah, kind of, that might be 
why I like it. I think if you bucket them separately and you say, yeah, these are the TAS where they tried to write TOS, and these were the TAS where, like, it's essentially um, just the sort of thing you'd see on Adult Swim at 2 a.m. on a Thursday. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Like, it's not terrifically different from, let's say, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> um, or, like, you know, any anything of that caliber animation. I'm not saying so, anything bad about Aqua Teen Hunger Force either. Let's toss that out there. So, do we have any information on the, on the writers? Um, like, are they drastically different? I, you know, I honestly don't know much about the writing on TAS. That is something we should look into. I know that they did a lot more spec scripts um, and just let anybody toss in a script and then did it. So I wouldn't be but shocked if... That's probably very likely true. I mean, they probably got editing treatment, but um, it's possible that this was just some one-off writer that was like, man, have I got a crazy story for you guys. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, so I was trying to remember what other episode they went to the center of the galaxy. That was the first episode. Star Trek V. It's Star Trek V. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, so we actually have a question. No, we ha- so that is not in the canon at this point when this was written. To be fair, so so it literally is pregame then. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. I. I. Okay. And they're gonna watch matter being created. That is the mission. Yeah. I mean, none of this. <laughs> none of this looks correct. <laughs> no, I love that mission. I love it. I love that they were just like, yes, let's go watch like matter being created in the center of the galaxy. That's like the thing to do with like our. You know, fleet's flagship. You and, know, that's, and it totally looks like fireworks. To that's be totally what fair, it happens. To be <laughs> fair, like yeah. it's a better reason to go to the center of the galaxy than Star Trek V's. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they just thought they couldn't reuse it. I don't know. But it's windy at the center of the galaxy, that's for sure. Okay. And it's, yeah, they do the wavy thing. There's the fireworks. There's like the weird like color screen over the ship. They do that. They're and they're okay. They're not in time or space anymore. Nope, for reasons. (laughs) Yeah, I like I like how they're being pulled with a force of like warp ten, and they think they can get out of it. (laughs) They're like reverse engines, and I'm like, you're being literally pulled, and you you you, and they've made you go warp (laughs) ten. Like I don't think you're gonna reverse out of this. Yeah, but I guess they have to try something. Do they, though? I don't know. Like, at that point, if you're like, I'm being pulled at warp 10, you know what? I'm just going to see where this goes, because well, I don't how know. Does sh- how does the ship get stay together? Right. There's that, too. Like, the, I have lo- there are lots, lots of, questions. of questions. But we can't dwell on it, because the tornado at the center of the galaxy takes us outside of time and space. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, in and a Wizard of Oz. not in Kansas anymore. Yeah, in a homage <laughs> to Wizard of Oz, yeah. Um, okay, I kind of like that part, too. And then life support fails. Sure, sure. And then, yeah. uh, then, then our gopher figure. Well, because they have, um, because the laws of the universe don't work anymore, right? Is the line they're given? I'm like, well, apparently, you'd have you'd have some more problems than life support. You're um, <laughs> because the strong and weak nuclear forces holding <laughs> holding everything together would, uh, I mean, you'd start to just dissipate. Protons so, like, would decay. So the right? only You're... explanation, once we learn like that the whole thing's a ruse at the end, has to be that like these creatures, these cute creatures are like holding them together. Right? Well, I mean, the and that's time. what that's what happens when um 
when our fawn friend comes onto the bridge. Um, is he's like, yeah. oh no, are you in trouble? Let me fix that. And fixes it, so. I mean, he's pretty fun. I like him. I like his little horns. I like his little voice. I mean, I like he's, he he's, with him. he's very cute. Yeah, right. yeah. He's super cute. Um, yeah, he's like a he's like a little fawn cue, just just from the seventies, you know, with special seventies music. Yeah, <laughs> early nineties music. Yeah, it's great. I think I don't know. It's just fantastic. So that's why I was wondering about the writing because since that was Roddenberry's like first TNG, the clearly like it seems like this was an idea from this. This idea comes up a lot, right? It's, yeah. it's not There's too... Squire of Gothos, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, this... All yeah, but I know, make the trail like, of humanity. Cat's paw, like... Oh, I see what you're saying. That, oh, the specifically the trial. Yeah, yeah. And, and the cute, like, creature. Yeah, I could see this being a seed that, you know, lends itself pretty cleanly into uh, Counter Farpoint. Um, and... I'd probably rather have 26 minutes of it than the two hours that Farpoint has been. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Um, but, yeah, I, I think a lot of those ideas are floating around, certainly from TOS, in, yeah. and kicking around in this space. And it's not a bad one to start T, uh, TNG with, so. But, well, so they're whisked to the planet. Or not really planet. I don't know what it is. Oh, the fake, well, the, the, like, the fake thing yeah. they created for them to be able to, like, visit or whatever. What is it, what is it called in Star Trek Seven? Um, the... I don't even know. It's like the giant space ribbon. Boy. Yeah, dude. Uh, it's been I a was... while since I've watched oh, yeah. uh, Generations, but, I mean, that's the same idea. Yeah. They, they call it something, because, <laughs> what's his name? Uh... Malcolm McDowell uh, is trying to get back to it and spends his whole life, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but yeah, they go, uh, yeah, it's weird. The whole thing is weird. I do enjoy that when they decide, they're like, well, if they use magic, we can use magic. And then Spock, instead of just like focusing like a normal person, is like, I'm going to speak to the universe to make my <laughs> will known. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think that is necessary. Like, no, I think I, you can just think <laughs> no i loved that i love that so much uh because well because they they overdo everything like that where and they overdo the things where in tos it would have been just because they're they're uh narrating it for children sure i know right? but still and it's just like it's outrageous i loved it i love Spock, um just being like ah oh, yes it is now logical to do magic putting up the arms like a body yeah like like, I, the, like speaking to it telling it what to do and then of course it works and then spock doing the magic is probably the best thing i've ever seen it's insane it's, it's insane. pretty good there's like, also a lot of bone spock banner which uh you know i forgot that guys <laughs> it made me really happy it made me feel like we were back on tos because there hasn't been any in the last couple episodes we watched yeah, I like uh, that the trial of humanity happens in Salem for unknown reasons. Well, and, they uh, <laughs> uh, well they imply this like ancient alieny idea that yeah they that that's when they got kicked off Earth. Uh, it's like they I were the so. Salem witches or something. 
Which <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. But yeah. like, I do like how they're like, we've changed. Here's all the reasons we've changed. And like literally two seconds later, citizens, you have heard, you have read. How do you vote? And I'm like, what? When did they have time to read anything? They're entities outside of time and space. I guess so. Oh, yeah, because it like showed the, the video tapes. <laughs> and, and, and like punch the, cards. The tapes. Yeah, punch cards, yeah. Is, yeah they, oh my God. You know, it was it was film reels and punch cards was the <laughs> yeah, information they totally were given. Yeah, totally was. Yeah. Um, so I hope they understood COBOL um, and <laughs> had punch card readers. So Which I think they did. Yeah, I, I I like the nervous look around when Kirk when um when they were asked like post Salem humanity has done nothing bad, right? <laughs> they're like, they're like, yeah. Questionable. <laughs> He has an okay response to that of like, well, you know, we've still had some, you know, times. Setbacks. Yeah. <laughs> We're still learning. Exactly. Shifty eyes, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest shifty eyes ever. <laughs> Especially at this time, right? 70s, that's, uh, you know, not even a generation yeah. Well, and it's, I mean, you've got the Vietnam War. <laughs> yeah. Got, happening. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 73 yeah. would even be, I mean. It's kind what year? This is 73, right? 73. Yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. But yeah, then uh, then, then Kirk gets uh, space powers and flies around and fights the yeah, judge guy battle. or something. That was the point. Like, I had just finished writing, um, this one has gone crab people, and then Kirk started <laughs> flying around with <laughs> lightning powers, attacking a judge. Like, oh, now this one has gone full crab people. But... It's so good. It's so deep. Okay, weird. it's not good, but it's it's so enjoyable. I think the lesson is that with twenty six minutes, you need to keep it simple. You need to keep it yeah. focused, and this one is... doesn't do any of those things. Yeah, it it's is not like so. Plots. Yeah, it well, is it so is very. It, it feels like one person is writing it and just like, well, what if this happens and then this happens and then this happens and then this happens. Yeah. Um. And there's there's no there's no through line. There's no suspense. Really, I feel because nothing ever happens and is dwelt on long enough for there to be suspense. There's nothing. Well, maybe the end. You mean the trial or the fight or the uh, the part where uh, the compassion. Yeah, I also love, I wish that when the judge had been like, would it change your mind if you knew that this was the devil? And if Kirk was like, I mean, this was obvious 20 minutes ago. (laughs) 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 Like, yeah, pretty obvious from... What's his name? Lucian. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Because that's real subtle. Yeah. It's real subtle all around. But but to be fair, for like a child... I mean, if he had been wearing, like, let's say, a hat, and then he had pulled it off to reveal his horns, um, I, like, I would have almost liked that better. If he had just been wearing a ball cap, you know? <laughs> that's, that said, like, magics on it, or Magus 2. <laughs> Frankly, I would have loved a ball cap that said, the magics of Magus 2 on it. <laughs> oh, dear. It is a lot. This episode you, is a lot. Did you like the ending? It's the kind of ending you wrap up a story with when you are out of time. And uh, yeah. it's a crab people ending. I mean, that's essentially the 
the idea of that. This is, you've run out of time. You have no solutions. You know, have no resolution. Uh, slap something together quick. Um, and that's kind of what you get here, I think. It's not, it's not bad. But as a piece of sci-fi, it, uh, you know, it's reaching. Yeah. It's just, it's so much. I can't even talk about it because it's just so much. <laughs> yeah, I think it speaks to, I mean, any of these, when I take notes, right, the, the episodes I have the most problem with, I take the most notes on. I have like double the notes for this one that I did of the last two. Because um, there's just but so did many. did you guys like it? I don't know. I, I don't think, know. <laughs> I think only as parody. So if, okay. if. But I think in that same way, to enjoy it, you have to be so immersed, right? It's, it's like modern art in a sense that you have to understand so much about uh, contemporary art to understand what a lot of modern art is, is saying. You know, if you just look at a, a lot of mid-century stuff, it's like, well, this looks ridiculous, but if you understand it in the context of the time, then okay, I guess. But they weren't trying to make this a parody, I don't think. Right? No, no, no. You know what I was thinking about is that this would be way too wild for like a lower depths episode, which is a parody. Or a somewhat parody. Sure. That's a really good point. That I think lower decks couldn't do this because because lower decks I think is written cleaner. Um mm. And this would, this would even feel too much of a parody for Lower Decks, which itself is ostensibly a parody. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it feels, yeah. It feels Elements like... of it could be, I, I would see more as part of Prodigy. Have you guys seen the Prodigy series yet? No, no, no. I did, I did just look up when C-Lab 2021 came out, and... Um, I hate to tell you that C-Lab 2021 came out in the year 2000. Um, <laughs> and we've already really? passed we've already passed the time that C-Lab 2021 had in its title. So that's scary. So <laughs> I've never seen C-Lab. So you should want, I mean, I think that if you like episodes like this in the animated series, you would love C-Lab 2021. Um, because it is a parody of this type of animation from back in the 70s and 80s. Um, kind of explicitly so. But I might watch that. I got a lot of time. <laughs> By uh, it's the same writers that eventually oh, who wrote C Lab. It's Adam. Um, what's his name? Yeah, Adam Reed. Adam Reed, who eventually um does Archer and lots of those sorts of things. Oh, I love Archer. Uh, Frisky Dingo. Yeah. Um, Twelve Ounce Mouse. Frisky Dingo and Twelve Ounce Mouse, which you've almost certainly not heard of. But yeah, he's he's the uh one of the creators of Archer. So if you like Archer, you'd like C-Lab 2021. Okay. I need a new TV show for when I finish called the Midwife Lady. Yeah, I think so it's... Star been... Trek, though. Yeah, yeah. This this is episode's wacky. In, and I think... Super. That's the comparison. I, I think yep. the parody of it, it's much more C-Lab 2021 than, than original C-Lab is the comparison I'll make. Okay. So, Pollock said it's a parody. Abby doesn't know. I like it. <laughs> I didn't say I liked it as a parody. I said it is a parody. <laughs> <laughs> but my question was, do you like it? And I just don't. It's so... <laughs> there's so much happening. There's so much happening. Yeah, I like my parody to be written cleaner, I guess is the, the trick. 
Yeah. Okay. I'm curious, Chelsea, what messages you've pulled from this nonsense. <laughs> oh, oh, this one was easy. Uh, this, actually... one's, this one's easy. Writers got to get paid. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's actually kind of similar to the last one. Well, okay, let's let's take my favorite spot message. If you believe in yourself, you can do anything. Well, yeah, it's got not. a Peter Pan vibe to it, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. Okay. Um, so, um, how about compassion is the greatest asset of humanity? It's pretty clear what it is. But, like, what saves yeah, them is the compassion for, for Sadie. And they even summarize it at the end when they're on the bridge talking. Boy, can I go back to the last message too? Not to, not to. <laughs> sure. If you would, if you waited a few months, and I had just watched this casually, and then you told me that at some point during this, Spock addresses the children in the audience and says, <laughs> "You have to say you believe in magic." I'm not sure. That without thinking about this now, I would have been able to tell you that that didn't happen. I think that's the, <laughs> I think that's the level of parody that this feels like in my mind, walking away from it. So, <laughs> fair. I accept it. Totally fair. But yes, I think the compassion one is good. I think that's. And, and actually, that's like um, one of my favorite Trek messages, and um, I think a stronger message than the last episode. Um, and then finally, uh, I think there's a pretty clear we're more similar than different message. Uh, like, they essentially decide to be friends, uh, to conquer, like, their fear and prejudice of each other, rather than, like, the start of each other. The cute aliens, that is, were going to destroy the humans, but eventually realize their similarities and uh, show compassion, and, and they're all buddies. Yeah. Woo. So I wonder if, because it's animated and they could do so much more, that on average, the antagonists that we face are all going to be, like, substantially stronger than we've seen in original Trek. Hmm. Because right now, I mean, we only have two, three on the list once we add this one. We have a giant space cloud. Uh, We have uh, space Daleks um, that are both quite powerful. I think that I'd say this is probably between those two. but I'm fine with that. They're, like, QE, but they also are, like... Yeah. Well, yeah, it, I mean, we're, we're never shown what they're, like, capable of. This is like, are they capable of destroying? Like, right, like, on Earth, they choose to flee rather than to fight. Well, because they said that on Earth, right, they have these powers because they're in this hole in time and space where magic is real or whatever. Um, space powers. Right. Sure. But then they figure out how to use them on Earth. Like, that but was a whole thing. They, like, figure out how to tap into some of it. But it's clear they don't have the same powers on Earth that they do in this pocket dimension or whatever. Sure. Well, and also, how do they travel to, like, the center of the galaxy? Uh, presumably, I think the implication is this is where they're from. So they can just, like, put their fingers and go there? Yeah. There's no place like home. Yeah, I, fair. I accept it. <laughs> uh, well, that's actually pretty powerful. Right, like that's travel distance wise. But yes, I agree. Like in terms of being dangerous, definitely space cloud. Yeah, it, it it seems like they're cute, but with like a magical battery that will that they need to come back here to recharge. Yeah, that's fair. Right, they have mana. Um, yeah, 
<laughs> then they. <laughs> I'm fine putting them right below. Yeah, okay. I'm good with it. All right, bingo time, time for bingo. Ooh. Um, we have a bridge shake. Oh, we have so many. Um, we have space powers, clearly. We have ancient Earth history. Oh, yeah, we sure do. We almost certainly have a captain's they're, log. They're stuck on a planet. Did they ever ask to leave? Oh, I no. guess they do. I guess during the trial. Uh, mm. Yeah, no, but they're definitely captured and stuck on that They're about to be killed. And Spock does say fascinating. When he's like, he arches his eyebrows and he's like, I find this scientifically fascinating. Yeah, fair. I love that line. That's a great line. By the way, I mean, I thought you'd like that. I'm, I mean, I feel like, again... We've we've just come up with maybe like four, and I'd be shocked if there wasn't one more that we've forgotten. Probably a captain's log. I think I already said that, but um, oh, did you? Okay. I think I I feel I like <laughs> I feel like getting to five. I think we're there, but I just can't you know pinpoint. Oh, exactly. doesn't oh Scotty says the engines again, right? Probably. He's they're about to be destroyed, and they're trying to reverse out of it. I don't know, Abby. Would we? Would, I, I think we got it, but I'll oh, be yeah. contrary again. <laughs> no, we d- we did. We totally got it because it, okay. yeah, like um, I didn't consider them trapped on the planet. Like that, I I, I don't think that's quite the spirit Trickier. of it. Where Trickier. it's yeah, it's a little weirder. But like Captain's Log, Bridge Shake, Spock says fascinating. There are many space powers and ancient Earth history is referenced. So like that's all we needed. And yeah, no, it's totally. Yay! There was it's a batch of episodes, so there of course are lots of cliches. <laughs> but yeah, so shall we see what's next? Yeah. Wait, should we be Stop guessing? That. Hold on, we should be guessing, Chelsea. But uh, but uh, we're I not allowed to. You tried, no. you tried to guess last time, and it went terribly. <laughs> we're not allowed to look at the list, so we have to come up with titles based on the things we've learned so far. Um, <laughs> I know there's a. Tribbles callback, but I don't know the name, so I'm gonna say Tribbles to uh, <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's my guess. <laughs> I, I know there's one about Spock's Homeworld. That's like the only good episode, so I don't know. It's with the Guardian, so Guardian <laughs> to Spock's Ooh. Homeworld. The Guardians of Vulcan. Hmm. The Guardians of Vulcan. I like that. No, to both of those things. <laughs> we're, we're going to episode 14, the slaver weapon, which this doesn't oh sound my, this problematic is, at all. This is, oh man, this is one of the few I have seen because this is based, this is written by uh, Larry Niven, um, one of the most prolific authors of, um, well, the 20th century and uh, in sci-fi. Um, so, uh, Spock, Uhura, and Sulu discover an ancient multi-use weapon and are captured by the Kzinti, who are yep. equally interested in it. So the Zinti are, um, the Zinti are a cat-like race from Larry Niven's universe, the universe of known space, um, where they engage in a number of wars with humans, uh, very different than they are here, but canonically, they're in this universe through TAS, because Larry Niven wrote this episode. Um, they show up again in Lower Decks because Lower Decks makes a callback to there being Zinti in this universe. 
Yeah. Well, we will find out, listener. So don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, 3DBeamUp at Beam3. You will find us. It's easy. You can email us, info at 3DBeamUp.com. Um, and we will find out how the cat people work next time. <laughs> I will say, before we watch this one, I'm uh, listener, you should probably read at least Man's in Wars 8, maybe Man's in Wars 1. Probably a few Larry Niven, maybe rem- uh, uh, yeah. You should watch a, a, a lot of Larry Niven before this episode. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it next time. <laughs> Woohoo! See you then.